Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything Sea of Thieves, from lore to PvP, to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call. Please sit back, relax, and join me on this adventure. Welcome back to another episode of Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 37. I am Davram. I'm glad that you all spent a little bit of time with me, either on the YouTubes or the podcasting app of your choice. <coughs> if you would like to support this broadcast, there's multiple ways you can do so, which are down in the show notes below uh, the podcast or below the video on YouTube. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. We have a Discord server, and you get special perks if you are a patron, including merch and holiday cards from yours truly. There's also a variety of sponsors, uh, including our lovely Death Wish Coffee. A little ASMR for you right there. It's kind of gross, but it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's natural. It's just accept it's natural. Uh, and then there's also the charity, uh, which you can support children with healthcare issues through Extra Life. Again, all the lo- links will be in the show notes below. But let's get started with this episode. No more dilly, no more dally. We've got a lot to talk about. And I have given you all a week to play through A Pirate's Life, the brand new crossover that we got last week between Sea of Thieves and Disney. I gave you a week. So if you have not played through A Pirate's Life, there are going to be spoilers. So I would suggest going and playing through it before finishing this podcast if you don't want spoilers. If you are listening on the podcast and want to see my reaction through my first and blind playthrough of A Pirate's Life, all five chapters are up on my YouTube as of right now. You can check that out, youtube.com slash TV. If you're already on the YouTube There is a Sea of Thieves playlist where you can see all of my Sea of Thieves shenanigans over the years, including the Pirate's Life Blind playthrough. Um, I also want to take a moment before we dive into those tall tales and talk about an absolutely just ridiculous achievement that was tweeted out um, by their username on Twitter is at... H-L-A-R-I-A-S-H. So H Larias. I'm sorry if I butchered that and you are a listener. I apologize. You'll have to tell me how to pronounce it. But they took on a special challenge uh, for season three. Obviously, each season we have renown that we have to level through, and we've got a variety of ways to do so. I feel that they have increased the difficulty of season three, not by much. Um, but I think it is increased a little bit. It feels that way. And we talked last week about how I personally love uh, that the cosmetics and the rewards for season three this time um, are all new. Uh, and there's not anything that's reused. Now, there's a couple reskins, but there's nothing that's reused. <coughs> but anyways, this particular pirate decided 
that season three renowned will be completed by them through fishing. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, if you've watched any of my Sea of Thieves streams, you will understand that I can't stand fishing. And the only way that I get fish is through barrels or through stealing them from other players. I just don't do fishing. But the challenge was upped. It was not just fishing. Uh, it wasn't just any fish. It was specifically the lovable splash tails. And uh, they went on a quest with a giant whiteboard to determine how many splash tails of different varieties it would take to get to Renown 100. And I'm pleased to announce that Renown 100 has been completed by this pirate in fantastic, fantastic fashion. And here is the count. If you're curious, if you would like to complete Renowned Season 3, Renowned 100, just by doing Splash Tales, you will need the following. 225 normal Ruby Splash Tales. 58 trophy Ruby Splash Tales. 199 Sunny Splash Tales. 46 trophy Sunnies. 160 Indigo 37 trophies. 100. And 97 Seaford uh, uh, Splash Tales, 43 Trophy Seafords, 6 Umbra, or um, Umber, 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 and 2 Trophy Umbra, including 12 Treacherous Plunder, which is a separate combination. So congratulations for a ridiculous feat. Just an absolutely ridiculous feat. You got a retweet from Sea of Thieves. Um, we got the final turn in here for Renowned 100, along with the giant whiteboard uh, marking things down. It looks like total gold uh, that came through was, it looks like 182,645 total gold, I think, uh, if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, please note that these are uncooked splash tails. They were not cooked, so gold value could go up higher. I don't know if Renowned goes up higher, but it is specifically called out uncooked. So there you go. If you were curious how many splash tails it took you to get to renowned 100 in season three, well, now you know. And the more you know, you know, that I, I will never do that. I give I, I give you all the props in the world. I, I could never do that. I could never do that. Uh, so let's dive into these tall tales. Um, I hope everyone has played through them that are still listening. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed them. Uh, I think Rare did a, a good job uh, with these tall tales. Um, I, I think uh, there are definitely things we can talk about. Um, I played through them in the first couple days. Um, so there's a few things we can talk about there with bugs and things like that. But what I want to do is I just want to go down one at a time, uh, all five of them, and and discuss what I liked, what I disliked, um, things that I thought were lacking, uh, things that I thought were over the top amazing. Um, because there's a lot of positive to take out of these tall tales. I thought the overall story um, was well uh, crafted. I thought the Easter eggs that you got throughout the entire thing was amazing. Um, and I thought that not only bringing in the, not only bringing in Disney Pirates of the Caribbean, the movies, but also bringing in the amusement park ride was definitely a nice touch. Um, by the rare team and, and, um, by sea of thieves. Um, so let's start number one. Uh, so, so, so tall tale number one, and give me one second here to, um, 
uh, bring up the names of these. Uh, Pirate's Life, uh, Tall Tales. Uh, you can tell how prepared I was. I was just so excited about it. Um, I, I didn't actually take the, take the time to, to write down what their names are. And the names are not on my, uh, on my actual, um, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, here we go. Uh, they're not on my, my YouTube videos. I just have them numbered one through five. So tall tale number one, a pirate's life. Um, I really enjoyed this one. It was definitely one of my tops. And the reason it was is quite frankly, um, the, the, the Disney was not in your face, right? So one of my biggest concerns going into this is that Disney was going to be in your face all the time. Um, and it wasn't going to feel like sea of thieves. It was going to feel like I was playing pirates of the Caribbean. And there were definitely moments of that, uh, throughout the tall tales. And we'll get to that, but in tall tale one, you have definitely some, some tip of the caps to, uh, moments like entering Davy Jones locker with the amazing phantom boat swimming by you. Um, I I've, I've spy glassed in on those boats several times. I was hoping there was a recognizable pirate. Looks like they're all just general. Um, if you did notice a recognizable pirate, please tweet me a picture of it and tell me who it is. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more there. Um, putting more recognizable pirates, maybe uh, rare employee pirates in there, uh, maybe content creator pirates in there, something, you know, just a nice little Easter egg there. I think an opportunity was missed, um, but I definitely like the aesthetic of the the loading through the portal. Um, I, I love the, the parrot and the little things that happen on your ship that you might not catch until the second go round. I, I thought the overall feeling, the look and feel really set up uh, this story. Uh, which took place in the ferry or in the, the sea of the damned. Um, now there is no question. There is zero question that Disney is par or apparent real quick. However, if you've never been to the amusement park, if you've never been to a Disney theme park in the United States and you have not been on the pirates of the Caribbean ride, you probably didn't notice Disney much at all until the end. Um, but what I can tell you is the entire first section until you get to sailors, uh, sailors grave. Um, most of that came from the amusement park from the ride pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland, Disney world. Um, everything from the water slides to the voices, um, the, the, the lines of the narrator, which was absolutely fantastic. I love the fact, uh, that they made it, made it sound like it was coming out of the, the speaker phone, the speaker megaphone thing in the ride. It, it was great. But for many players who might not have been uh, on that ride, you know, it just was another cave, um, which is nothing wrong with that because the absolute gorgeousness of all the colors that they used and the sound effects and the, the music um, and all the little RP moments with the crew that you're following through the cave, it's absolutely fantastic. It was, it was just brilliantly done as far as art was concerned and immersion um, was concerned in that. Uh, but, but if you are a fan of Disney, if you are a fan of going on that ride, then you definitely, definitely, definitely recognized the voice that you recognize the lines and you recognize the moments that were happening in that. Um, from what I understand though, if you are a California adventure person, uh, they are in a different order. This, uh, entire series of tall tales was based off of what it seems to be the Florida, uh, Disney, Disney park. Uh, the two parks are similar but there are big differences between the two parks and including the pirates of the Caribbean ride. 
Um, they are different. They are in different orders. They 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 have the same characters and stuff. There's just a little bit different order in in that. And I didn't know that. Uh, a huge Disney park enthusiast, uh, a friend of mine, actually informed me of that as I was taking her through Tall Tale Number One and absolutely watching her just geek out over everything that she was seeing, which was great to see uh, because she hasn't been playing the game for a while because of bugs and because of exploits. Uh, and I convinced her to come back just to play through these. Uh, because I know how much of a Disney lover she is, so it was great to see. Now, once you got into Sailor's Grave, there were a couple more moments of Disney um, in there, but it was just this beautiful new area to explore, uh, and you got the absolutely amazing Cursed Captain Skull. I'm, I'm curious if we're ever going to find out who that Cursed Captain actually is, if he has a name. Um, I, I would like to know more about him, but a brand new character that we got introduced to, the Cursed Captain, funny Annoying as well. Not quite as annoying as Flameheart, but funny. You can play him music, you can dance in front of him, and he reacts to what you're doing. And he'll also take you on a grand tour of Sailor's Grave, and you take him to different areas, and he'll talk about the different areas and the different uh, things going on there. Uh, so you can have a lot of fun with him. Uh, and, and like I said, just kind of take him around uh, and show him the the sights and the sounds of the area, and he'll he'll talk to you about it. There's also a lot of, uh, I, I guess, I won't say Easter eggs, but what I will say is um, there are moments um, that you really have to be looking around at your surroundings. I personally thought that their, um, I personally thought that their approach to puzzles um, in this particular um, series of Tall Tales was much better. Um, I thought the tall, the the puzzles were challenging. Um, they don't just point you to a place with a book. Uh, and it, I, I thought they were challenging and, and kind of hard to figure out, but fun to figure out. And it wasn't the turnstile cubes that we've seen uh, in the Long Shores of Gold series. Um, so I like the fact that they invented some new um, challenges in this. There's a lot of accommodations to unlock in all of these. I know um, I did not look at the accommodations when I first did them, kind of my rule. Uh, and going back through um, A Pirate's Life, the, which is the first tall tale, the name of the first tall tale, um, a lot of journals I didn't find, um, uh, different little secrets like the rum bottle and the chess game um, and the uh, the dig sites with the captain's map and things like that. You can actually, I, I found in the uh, with the captain that reminds me a lot of Ponce de Leon uh, from the fourth Pirates movie. Uh, he's holding a map and you can you can move a, a spyglass thing down on his map and you can see um, uh, an X on the map and you can go dig there and find treasure and you can dig up another pirate uh, over by the docks and give him the treasure, it gives you a key. And there's a lot of like chain together little secrets through the accommodation, which gives you a lot of fun little story and RP moments. So I really did enjoy that, but it did take me um, uh, the second time to go through um, to go through there. And for those of you who are game fans, uh, there is an Easter egg to Monkey Island in this particular game, uh, tall tale. Um, it's off to the side. Uh, you will need the, um, I, I can't remember if you need the cursed captain's head. I don't believe, I think you have to get, you have to get to the lighthouse and you have to have uh, moved the sails on the ship that has the lock, which you get the key from the chess game. Yeah. It's a long storyline there, but you get to the lighthouse after you've unlocked a ship and got your treasure out of the, the bonus treasure you get um, from, from the chess game and you get the key and you unlock that. Um, you get your gold. 
Uh, and then you have access to the ship deck itself and you can move the sails. Uh, moving the sails unveils a beacon, which you can light with the, the, um, the, the lighthouse, uh, which will then open you up the secondary area of Sailor's Grave, which actually has the Monkey Island ship in it, and you can go through. And there's a series of journals on that ship, uh, which which is a is a little tip of the cap and and talk about Monkey Island. So potential crossover there, don't know, uh, don't know. But they definitely set it up, uh, and there have been other instances where Monkey Island could be a potential future in Sea of Thieves, uh, in that the Burning Blade, Flameheart ship. Uh, in the Heart of Fire is actually anchored or is stuck in a cave full of lava. Well, the captain in uh, in Monkey Island's ship is also chained in a cave in a river of lava. So there's definitely a lot of crossover there that we could maybe see something in the future. Um, but I do know uh, Monkey Island was one of the favorite games of Mike Chapman. So it was nice to see him be able to get that Easter egg in there. And it's really fun to explore. Um, <clears throat> I was expecting, um, a lot more Disney. And again, the, the theme park is in there. It's, it's, it's subtle, right? If you, if you know the theme park, you'll recognize it. You'll have a good time, but it's not in your face, right? I got all the way through the first tall tale pretty much to the end. And there's no Jack Sparrow. There's no Davy Jones. You know, there's no Disney really aside from the, the scenery, which is focused around the, the theme park. Um, so again, people who are just familiar with the movies wouldn't have even known that. Um, so very good, uh, very good job there. I thought, um, I would consider this particular tall tale more sea of thieves than Disney. Um, though, you know, that, that the objective of that first, uh, tall tale is to save uh, a pirate from the fairy of the damned. You're introduced to the cursed captain. Um, obviously if you saw the trailer, um, you know that captain you're going after, that person you're trying to save from the Fairy of the Damned is indeed Jack Sparrow. But until the last part of the tall tale, there is no Jack Sparrow. There is no Barbosa. There is no Davy Jones. There's nothing of that. There's no Gibbs. There's there's nothing that would tie it to Disney aside from the um, theme park uh, lead up. Uh, so then uh, you summon the ferryman, which I thought it was super sweet to be able to see the Fairy of the Damned come in. And also to see the Grim Reaper style creatures, um, which uh, are escorting the souls to the Fairy of the Damned. Um, we saw the statues all the time, um, but now we actually got to see them in person and they are creepy as hell. They are a terrifying looking Grim Reaper. Um, I wish we got a little bit more out of them as far as talking or interacting with them. Um, I, I wish we get to see them a little bit more, maybe in the future. Um, but they're really cool characters, and I'm anxious to see what they can do with those a little bit more. Um, but I was I was a little disappointed I didn't get a little more out of those. But the art design was great on them. I loved the art design. Um, and I love that you show they showed how these particular souls are getting to the ferry from Sailor's Grave. So you board the ferry, and it was a it was a fun little thing, a little tip of the cap from rare to all you sneakers and tuckers out there. As the way you get on the Ferry of the Damned is, of course, a rowboat play, and you're trying to avoid getting caught by the ferryman. Uh, and so very, very much a, hey, this is how you tuck on a galleon, right? And I made some jokes about it in my my uh, playthrough and stuff, and it was kind of funny and had a lot of fun with that. Um, but the, the ferry starts to move away once you get on board. Um, you light the middle cauldron. You overload the flame of fate because... 
you have the flame of souls, which is not a flame that the 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 cauldron in the middle of the the fairy that you get your pink and your purple and your blue and all those lights from. The flame of souls is not a flame that that particular um, cauldron or or torch can handle, and it blows up and you blow a giant hole in the middle of the hull of the ferryman. He is very angry at um, at that, but that's fine. And you venture below deck. You read a couple journals and and solve a, a, a simple little puzzle. And you are confronted with the Disney lovable hero, the witty Jack Sparrow, trying to escape his cage. Uh, of course, with the dog that you can purchase from the Emporium. Um, you help Jack leave. Jack explains that he's got the greatest pirate treasure of all time. It's attached to his belt. Um, he kind of explains how he got there. Uh, just a briefly, not too much detail into that. Um, and you get back up on deck, of which the ferryman catches you and tells you you've done bad things letting Jack out. Because the ferryman, and again, time passes differently um, in the Sea of the Damned, as we've learned um, from what the ferryman said, what the cursed captain said. Time passes very differently there. And one thing that the ferryman does is if you pose a threat to the Sea of Thieves, Instead of allowing you back through the door into the land of the living, he will lock you below deck in the brig, which is where Jack was found. Because uh, the ferryman feels that Jack and this treasure that he took from Davy Jones uh, is a threat to the Sea of Thieves. Um, so he locked Jack in the brig uh, in order to keep the Sea of Thieves safe. Now, the big moment that we all waited for, Davy Jones appears in a giant naval battle between us on the Ferry of the Damned against the Flying Dutchman um, begins. You can see Davy Jones uh, majestically on the helm, you know, doing his little shit talk every so often. Uh, Jack's obviously being goofy. Um, and we get our first encounter of the new enemy types, which are the Crab Lords. I mean, the Crustacean Lords. I mean, the Crack. I mean, they're the Crustacean guys. So. The clam-headed guy, the electric eel guy, and the giant crab. Um, we get our first encounter of this, and what's really cool is they actually board the ship. Now, they're not climbing up the ladders or anything like that. I believe the crab does, um, but more so they kind of come out of the ship like, um, like the crustacean creatures of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, where they just kind of, you know... That's the best sound I got. Where they come through the hall and they're, they're on deck. Um, I enjoyed these new, uh, creature types. I thought they were a lot of fun to fight. The electric guys have super speed, um, and can stun you with their electric power. They can also put shields on their allies. Uh, the crab or the, the, the clam guys, um, they've got the, um, uh, they've got the poison cloud, which is actually really cool. Um, and they're kind of the second tier of difficulty as far as killing. Honestly, I think the electric guys are the, the. Uh, the hardest to kill, uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, um, I think they're the hardest to kill, but, um, uh, the, the, because of they're so fast, but they also take the less damage to kill. Right. Um, I think they, they, they cause the most grief because they are so quick, um, and they stun you, um, but they don't take that much to kill. Right. The, the crab guys, um, or the, the clam guys, they, they take a little bit more to kill. They've got like a billy goat charge where they'll charge at you. Um, and then they got the poison cloud. Again, they take a couple more shots, 
Um, but aside from uh, from that, they're, they're still pretty easy to kill. But um, I personally think, and, and again, they take the most, they're, they're the biggest bullet sponge, right? They're the biggest bullet sponge. But um, they have no ranged attack, and that's the giant crab guys. Now, if you get close to them, they're going to slam the ground. They're going to do a lot of damage to you and knock you back, kind of like the uh, the skeleton lords do. Um, but they don't have a ranged attack, which to me was a little disappointing um, because you just run away. If they spawn on top of you, you probably take a slam, and that kind of sucks. But if you get range, they've got nothing. And I, I feel like they should have uh, rare should have programmed in some sort of like projectile. Like the crab <clears throat> on the ship, like the crab throws a cannonball at you or on land, they throw rocks at you or something like that. I think some sort of ranged attack would have been nice to have on those. Uh, I don't know if they were a little scared um, to, to make them too challenging, um, but they, they, uh, they were, they were too easy because you get at range and that's all you have to do, right? There, there's nothing that you have to do. Um, more so than just get at range and, and they're done. That's it. They're just done. Um, so, so that was a little disappointing to me, but they're definitely really cool. Um, they're definitely really cool, uh, creatures. Um, and I had a lot of fun, uh, learning about them and, and fighting them. Um, so, and I'm glad they're now in, in adventure as well. Um, so they're, they're in adventure, um, and you can fight them there. They don't board your ship in adventure, which I think was a miss on rares, uh, on, on, on rare side, but you know what? Maybe that's something we get in the future. They've proven it can be done in a, in a, in a, in an RP sense. Um, maybe they'll implement it later. I would like to see that where you're sailing and it's another emergent encounter where all of a sudden, um, these crustacean creatures are on your boat. Um, I think that would be very cool. Um, so you finish the battle with Jones. Uh, the crustacean creature steals the treasure from Jack jumps in the water. Um, Jack follows and Jack is now gone. So in a very short amount of time, you're introduced to Jack Sparrow and then he's gone. Just, he's gone. Um, and the tall tale then ends with the ferryman saying, you know, you need to go back to the land of the living, uh, to fight Davy Jones and, and figure out a way to save the sea of thieves because Davy Jones is here and he's going to, he's going to try to ruin the sea of thieves. So, uh, I, I thought overall it was a pretty good tall tale. I liked the fact that it was, it felt to me more sea of thieves. Like you could replace Jack Sparrow in that with any captain, Davy Jones with any captain, you didn't need the Flying Dutchman. You could have replaced all of the Disney aspects of that, and it would feel very Sea of Thieves. Um, you know, we had this new threat. Um, we, we had the Cursed Captain. There, it was felt very Sea of Thieves to me, aside, again, from the, the Jack Sparrow, Davy Jones, and the theme park. But overall, I, I felt good about this one. I loved the art, um, and, and I, thought it, I thought it was done very well. Uh, moving on to Tall Tale 2 now. Uh, this, uh, again, was just a, I guess a splash, I will say a splash of, of, of Disney. Um, so this one actually takes part out in adventure and for the first day or two was very bugged. Uh, this particular tall tale does, did not allow multiple crews to do it at the same time. It would break the puzzles. It was breaking different things in, in, in the tall tale. Um, and so they did hot fix it, which I, I'm good job rare for identifying that this was a big update for you. It was something that was going to bring a lot of players in and you got on top of it very quickly. 
um, in order to address the issues that players might find as inconvenience or bad. I had a feeling that if there were any sort of bugs like this, Rare would be jumping on it very quickly because, again, Disney is very protective of their IPs and they want to make sure that the experience that these new players have with the Disney IPs is going to be a positive one. So Rare probably was really pushed to get that fixed, and they did. So I've done the tall tale uh, a second time to get all the commendations. No issues whatsoever. Um, there's still some ADS issues, but that's that's a pre-existing issue. It was really bad in these tall tales, um, but um, it's a little bit better now, but it's, there's still a major ADS issue. Um, aim down sights for those of you who don't know what that stands for, um, where you pull up your gun and you can't fire, you can't look down the sights. It's just how it is. So the second tall tale, um, and I lost my list here. I, I had the list in front of me and it's, and it's, and it's gone. Um, it's gone. It is gone. Here we go. The sunken pearl. So obviously by the name, we know the Disney, uh, feature in this particular tall tale. That is the black pearl. Um, and it is an adventure. You sail out, uh, to the middle of nowhere out, uh, past devil's Ridge, um, and you proceed to dive down and dive down and dive down until you reach the ocean floor. Now, a cool new feature that Rare did implement in these tall tales are breathing plants or breathing tubes, um, which look a lot like the uh, underwater heat vents that are in deep ocean uh, that release like bubble columns and stuff like that. Not that humans could breathe out of them, but you know, the ecosystems down there with the heat coming out of them. Um, definitely a cool um, way of putting some sort of uh, long-lasting air into the game. I thought it was really fun. It was also very cool that they, you know, obviously did up the ocean floor for this particular area. The ocean floor is not fully decorated if you swim out of this area. It's just in the tall tale area that the ocean floor is decorated. Uh, but still really beautifully done with all the bright fluorescent coral and all the pretty colors. Um, but as you enter this area, the first thing you see is a massive what appears to be galleon. And what you'll find out is it's actually a man of war. And you find out that it is actually indeed the Black Pearl. And it has been chained down there by the Sirens. Uh, another new mob that we will encounter for the first time in this tall tale. Um, it is chained down there by the Sirens. The Sirens, um, we find out, are really not too happy um, about man. Uh, they, they, for a while, thought that man would be peaceful and everything. And bad things have happened and fights have broken out. So now the Sirens are looking for revenge. Um, led by their uh, their their leader, the Siren Queen. Um, and she talks to us throughout the entire thing. But the first mission we have to do here is figure out more about the Black Pearl. And if you do the little kind of swimming puzzles through the Black Pearl, you'll eventually find a key, which allows you into Jack's captain quarters, and you get the famous compass, which doesn't point north. And this compass will be used throughout a lot of the Tall Tales. And you proceed to use the compass. Oh, the compass was also bugged in uh, in the first day, uh, first couple days. Uh, it it would be broken if other crews were doing this. So uh, that has been fixed. I, I confirm that, that that has been fixed. Um, so then you start to use the compass, and it points to whatever you want, which is answers to what you're trying to solve down here. Uh, and you proceed to you know swim through the spire or the the citadel, if you will, of the sirens, the sunken kingdom. Um, of the sirens and you fight crustaceans, which you find out are, are the minions of the sirens. 
Uh, you fight sirens. You get introduced to the new uh, trident weapon. Um, and you pick up a lot of journals along the way. And you start to learn that the Black Pearl is not the only ship that they've sunk. Now there's other ships down there and bits and pieces of the ships that are, you're using to climb everywhere. But a particularly famous ship is also down there and pretty much ripped apart. And that is Flameheart Jr.'s ship, the Silver Blade. Um, at, which is used during this tall tale um, for one of the battle scenes. And you also find the cursed chest, um, one of the cursed chests that Flameheart Jr. came across. It is, in fact, a bigger, badder crybaby. It is the chest of everlasting sorrows, which, by the way, is not worth the gold. Uh, if you get that out of the tall tale and take it back to sell, the thing never stops crying. It doesn't stop crying, and it only gives you 6K. So there you go. Uh, if you really need the 6K, I guess do the painful journey of getting that back out to uh, an outpost. But holy crap, that thing is annoying. It's awful. You're either bailing constantly if you're a solo player, if you're a, you've got a bigger crew. Someone's hanging off the side the entire time because the thing doesn't shut up. Uh, and it constantly cries and constantly cries. You can actually, both times that I've done this, I thought this was bugged the first time. Um, but there's actually two chests, um, one in the captain's quarters if you get the key to the Silver Blade and one on deck. I don't think that is a bug. I think that is actually um, uh, built to be there. Um, but for those of you trying to complete all the accommodations, that chest is important. Um, and during the time you're on the Silver Blade, you actually fight the Kraken. And this is the first time ever in Sea of Thieves where we actually get to see a Kraken full body, full tentacles, and a face. Um, before we get to the Silver Blade, it's swimming around us. You can see it peeking through the windows. Uh, you can see the tentacles latched onto the windows, everything shaking. It's actually a pretty scary, intimidating thing. It was a lot of fun uh, to, to figure out where that Kraken was going to peek in next and freak me out. Uh, but once you get to the Silver Blade, uh, you have several levels that you have to fight through of crustaceans that are shooting cannons at you, uh, boarding the ship. And, and you have to push the capstan up to to it to keep going throughout the different layers. Um, at, at some point, the crustaceans stop. The kraken enters. You have to beat her tentacles down a little bit. Then you raise it up one last time for the final phase, which is actually her head and her tentacles, where she's biting at the boat, potentially knocking you off. She's got the, um, the kraken venom that she's spraying at you, and, of course, all the tentacles that you can also fight. Uh, once you beat her, which you find out is the daughter of the Siren, Siren Queen, adopted daughter, I would think, uh, you take your chest of everlasting sorrows up the mast uh, and into another room uh, where you can use that chest in order to open a secret room and find the Siren King, or at least his bones. Um, and you can read some things in there and get uh, uh, the accommodations done. Uh, for that, I talk, took a couple cool screenshots. Didn't win the screenshot contest yet again, but I took some couple uh, really cool screenshots in there um, uh, just because it was absolutely beautiful. They did a great job with this. Uh, and then the final fight that you do is, of course, the Siren Queen herself. Um, her and several of her minions you fight um, in a kind of an underwater battle where you can use the tridents, you can use your weapons, um, and it's a lot of fun. And you beat her. Um, and, and that's pretty much the end of the tall tale. And again, what I liked about this, it was aside from the black pearl, it was very sea of thieves, right? Um, we had chests and we learned more about the lore of the sirens and things like that. 
but Disney was not slapping you in the face. It was felt very Sea of Thieves to me. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Again, aside from the Black Pearl, which does take a uh, you know precedent, uh, a very big role in this particular tall tale. It was, it would, it could have been replaced with any ship and it would have been fine. Um, um, but again, because we're dealing with Disney, it was the black Pearl, but I wouldn't have missed it if it was another ship. Um, so again, well done rare on a, on a, the second tall tale, not slapping me in the face with Disney. Um, and really sticking true to building on the story of sea of thieves, learning more about the silver blade, learning more about these sirens, learning more about the history between man and and the uh, mermen, the mermen, the merwomen, the sirens, whatever you want to call them, learning more about that history um, and figuring out um, uh, about the Kraken as well. So that is the that is the second one, um, which was the Sunken Pearl. Um, the third one is Captain of the Damned. Now, I have renamed this one. <clears throat> oh, I forgot. After you kill the Siren King, you save... Um, that was another Disney part. You save Gibbs, Anna Maria, and Scrum. Um, they were turned into mermaid statues uh, by the the sirens, and you blow up the mermaid statues, and <clears throat> and you save their lives. So uh, that was the other Disney piece in that the 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 crew, and then also the ship. Um, so Tall Tale uh, uh, Three, Captain of the Damned. In a way, it was my favorite um, because it hit a lot of the things I loved about Pirates of the Caribbean, but. If you were expecting a Sea of Thieves-based uh, Tall Tale, this one is not it. This is 100% the Disney Tall Tale. Right up, so so opposite of 1 and 2, where you get a splash of Disney, but most of it's still Sea of Thieves. This one was all Disney with a splash uh, of Sea of Thieves, right? So it's opposite, right? A lot of Disney, splash of Sea of Thieves in this one. Um. And basically, you're, you know, you go through the portal. It's very instance, right? They're protecting their IP. Um, the first area you're in is the bayou uh, where the um, where Calypso's uh, uh, shack is. And you find the shack uh, and you learn about people who basically have sacrificed a lot of things to meet with her. Um, they also have a nice little Easter egg in there. of I believe it's called the Blue Bayou, the ship, which is actually a restaurant at Disney World, uh, Disneyland, maybe. Uh, by the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So there is a nice little Easter egg there for fans of the theme park. Um, and it feels very much like a theme park ride where you're in your ship going very slow through the different canals and caverns with a lot of things to look around at. Uh, and eventually you do get a rowboat, but it felt very much like a ride. Um, and we're going to see that theme come back in a little bit. Uh, as we continue through Tall Tale 3, um, but it felt very ride-like, and I, I enjoyed that. Again, um, I, I've renamed this one from Captain of the Dam to Tall Tale Disney because it is nearly 100% Disney. Um, so what we find is is once we get uh, uh, so the, the, the Flame of Souls um, and we, we light some lights on Calypso's uh, hut, um, all these souls who are trying to meet with her appear in front of her hut some of them, though, with candles that are um, turned off uh, or, or doused and you light their candles and then you hear Calypso chanting and things. And what you quickly realize is it's actually the end of the movie of Pirates 2. Uh, and then you hear clomp, clomp, clomp on the stairs and Barbosa. Now, you don't get to see this moment. Um, it's just audio. 
Um, but it's very much right from the movie. Um, different voice actors, of course, but, uh, of course, of course, but right from the movie, absolutely one of my favorite scenes in the Pirates movie, um, just acted out right there. Again, you're out on the outside of the hut. You don't get to see anything inside the hut. You don't get to see Barbosa. You don't get to see Calypso, but you can close your eyes and just, just watch it from the, from the movie where Barbosa comes in. Now what's become of my ship? <laughs> and it bites the apple. So uh, great job incorporating that. And the journal is also really, uh, uh, really cool um, on this one as it's the Chronicle of Jack Sparrow. And as you flip through it, what you'll notice is each page is a different stage of Jack Sparrow's life, which takes you through all five movies and then leads you to where we are now. So we know that uh, this particular part of Pirate's Life, the addition to Sea of Thieves, has taken part after um, the battle with Salazar and the trident um, of Poseidon in the fifth movie. Um, so therefore Barbosa is dead. Um, sorry to burst your bubble, but Barbosa is in fact dead. Um, unless he's brought back to life again, uh, he is in fact dead. So I was very disappointed because I figured I wasn't going to see Barbosa, but I was wrong. And we'll get to that in a second. Uh, after you leave Calypso's area, you go to a Spanish fort. And I was terrified that Captain Salazar was going to be there because it's my least favorite movie. I think it's a garbage movie, but that's beside the point. Uh, and you venture around a really cool fort, a uh, very unique looking fort. I hope they add more of this style design into their game um, with some of the skeletal forts or maybe a future phantom fort, because this is now the first time that we fight the new threat of the phantom pirate, which are ghost pirates that zip around, disappear, appear behind you. They've got blunderbuss, they've got flintlock, they've got swords, uh, and they're really fun to fight. And there's a lot of cool story as you're walking through um, the, the fort. And what I found interesting is I believe the symbol for the grand maritime union is, is splattered throughout all of these tall tales. We see it in one, uh, we definitely see it in three at this fort. And I almost feel like rare is telling us what's coming next, which is potentially a grand battle with the grand maritime union, which is a threat, you know, to the Sea of Thieves. There's someone who don't like pirates, kind of like the East India Trading Company. Um, so I could definitely see that as the next big threat coming to the Sea of Thieves. And they kind of maybe hint at it in Tall Tale 4, which we'll get to in just a moment. So you do this nice little fight at the end, uh, uh, you versus um, the Phantom Pirates, and you also get to kill Barbosa's uh, 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 first mate or something like that. Um, you get to, well, you get to fight him. He actually, uh, he, he leaves, but this is the first time we've actually heard, uh, someone reference Barbosa aside from him speaking himself, um, just in the section before, um, after you finish the fort, which was, again, I really liked the fort. There wasn't a lot of, there's not a lot of combat in some of these tall tales, which I was absolutely fine with. Uh, I thought, uh, the art design and some of the cool little funny moments and, and, and looking around and just enjoying the art style uh, throughout it was was just a great experience. And I, I didn't miss the combat. I, I didn't need the combat. Um, and in the, the few moments that the combat was in there, I thought it played very well with what was going on um, with the story. So once you leave the, for, leave the fort, um, the next area you come up on is a town. Um, and here was where I lost my absolute shit 
because not only was it a town from the Disney ride, but there is a ship outside the town pelting it with cannonballs. And who is leading the attack? But Barbosa himself right from the Disney ride. Now, if you are a fan of the Disney ride, you will absolutely love this town. It is the Pirates of the Caribbean ride slapped right into Sea of Thieves. The, the auctions, the auction scene done awesomely. The, um, uh, red, the captain red was in there. She was absolutely uh, just amazingly done. And the auction itself, though they were auctioning off chickens, they did have before the pirates ride was revamped and it was auctioning off livestock prior to that, because of some, you know, maybe some feminist issues, they were actually auctioning off a very large woman. Right. Uh, but which would have been, you know, accurate at the time, you know, women were kind of property back then. So you bought and sold. It was awful. It was awful, but that's how it was back at the time. And that's how the original ride was. Now it has since been updated with the pirates of the Caribbean, uh, movies. Uh, and, and that is no longer the case. They're doing livestock, but, um, the way that they have it, uh, written and the way the, the auctioneer is yelling stuff out and the large woman standing behind him, holding a chicken, um, it's kind of an homage to the original Pirates ride as well um, with the large woman. You get to take a boat ride just like the ride, and it feels just like the ride. You leave a dock, you go in a nice circle, explore just like you would in, in the ride, and come back around and dock at the dock again. It was absolutely fun. I absolutely loved it. And the entire time, you're trying to find Jack Sparrow, who Barbosa is also trying to find um, in this town, just like on the ride. Um, and eventually you come across a large treasure room that you open and Jack is right there sitting on a, a throne in a heaping pile of gold and has a little moment with you and, 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 and talks with you. Uh, and then, you know, he, he runs away and leaves. Um, and you finish up that entire area with a battle with, um, with more phantom pirates. And then eventually you do get to kill, uh, Barbosa's, um, um, first mate or whatever, uh, you do finally get to end him, um, in that. And, and it's just like the ride. The city is all whole and beautiful and amazing when you first get there. And then after you find Jack and come back out to the city, just like in a ride going around and the magic of Disney, right? Well, the magic of sea of thieves and you being instanced into this little corridor, you come back out and the city is on fire. The clock tower gets knocked down. Uh, absolutely amazing job taking the ride and putting it in the game. And like I said, this is the Disney tall tale. So lots and lots of basically the entire tall tale was Disney, except right when we get to the end. And then it's Sea of Thieves again. So you finish the Barbosa and the town um, Disney ride there. Um, and then and then you proceed on. Um, and when you proceed on, you actually then are going to the Tavern of the Dam. So a tavern that is on located on an island in the Sea of the Dam. And you pull up and it's a very beautifully designed rock, very creepy, very for the or very uh, you know, Sea of the Damned-esque. And just look around. There are so many awesome things to look at. Ghost weapons and Athena weapons and um or very rare um ship cosmetics are hanging and 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 everywhere. It's just a lot of fun to to check out. And lo and behold, who is guarding the door? but the cursed Captain Skull himself, who says that you're not allowed in because you're living and then realizes who you are and that you had helped him months ago, he says. Months ago. 
Um, remember, time passes differently in the Sea of the Damned. Um, and you, you, you are able to go in because, you know, he recognizes you and you, he owes you a favor. Um, and as you go in, Jack Sparrow is standing there, um, at the bar and, and addresses you. And then you get to see some familiar faces. And this is where it starts to tie together back into Sea of Thieves, right? We had Tall Tale 1 and Tall Tale 2, which was very Sea of Thieves focused with a little bit of Disney. This Tall Tale was all Disney and now we get the sprinkling in the Sea of Thieves. So who we get to see here? We get to see um, the captain of the Morning Star is sitting there listening to Jack. We get to see Rose and George who are standing next to him listening to Jack. We get to see, um, uh, what is her name? Is her name Tabitha, I believe? The gal from the Briggsy Tall Tale um, who's three and a half years old. How I did the voice, I don't remember. Her dad's there in ghost form um, uh, running the tavern. Really nice story to talk to. And um, her book is actually on his shelf behind there. So really awesome job there. Um, and Jack starts to talk about what um, a ship is and all that stuff. And who comes out of nowhere but Sir Arthur Pendragon uh, and confronts Jack. And they have a little moment there and define what it is to live and to sail in the Sea of Thieves. And that is freedom. Sea of Thieves means freedom. The ship means freedom. Uh, and Davy Jones has came to the Sea of Thieves to stop this and to take the freedom away from us, the pirates. Um, and so it was a really cool moment to see the, the, the captain of the Morning Star, Rose and George, uh, who we saw in the Wild Rose Tall Tale, and of course, Pendragon, who we saw in Seabound Soul. Uh, and of course, Jack Sparrow's there as well. You give Jack his compass back and he leaves the tavern and says he's going to come with you. Um, and it, the, the, I cried, not going to lie. I cried. I, I smiled. I laughed and I raged the F out because right before Jack leaves, Rose comes up to him, rips off her love pendant and attaches it to Jack's, uh, uh, coat right in front of George. Like, what is more disrespectful to your loyal partner than ripping off the love pendant and giving it to a notorious womanizer and pirate Jack Sparrow? Seriously, just, oh, it just, I, I loved the Wild Rose Tall Tale. It, it's, it's very emotional, very powerful, this love story. And then you realize, Rose is just, just, just a bitch. She's just, a, she's a bitch and a hoe. Right in front of George and George doesn't, George just stands there like, mate, go find, go find a better girl. This one, like you, you guys, you died for her and you can't, you now I've helped you through wild Rose and, and now you're together in the afterlife and look what the woman just did. Seriously, go find another ghostly woman. So rude. So then you uh, you leave the tavern. The cursed captain says a couple of last words, and Jack boards your ship, uh, and you sail back into the Sea of Thieves, and you have now got Jack with you. Um, and th that was Tall Tale Three again, very Disney focused with a splash of Sea of Thieves. I figured one of them, if not more, I, th I figured more of them would be like that, but um, really enjoyed it um, overall as far as art and uh, authenticity to the Disney IP. Um, uh, but to be honest until the very end, 
it didn't feel Sea of Thieves to me, right? Obviously, we're playing Sea of Thieves, but it, it didn't feel Sea of Thieves. It felt very Disney. It felt very Pirates of the Caribbean. It felt like a Pirates of the Caribbean game. Um, it, it didn't feel Sea of Thieves very much at all to me, except, again, that moment right at the end where the iconic uh, captains of the damned are together and um, and talking to Jack. It was just a sprinkling, right? It was just a sprinkling. So moving on to Tall Tale 4, which I would say was probably one of the most jaw-dropping, eye-popping, what-in-the-hell-just-happened Tall Tales of the entire series. This one called The Dark Brethren. Of course, that is a tip of the cap to the Brethren Court from the Pirates movies, right? The Brethren Court who, who imprisoned Calypso, right? And in this particular tall tale, you are joined by none other than Captain Jack Sparrow himself as a member of your crew. You sail to the new Disney castle, also known as the Coral Fortress, which is all the way on the north side of the map where the Shroud used to be. Uh, and you and your crew and Jack proceed to enter this particular fortress. There's a lot of cool Easter eggs. There's a lot of journals. Uh, there's a lot of things to find in this, which will allow you to unlock different things later on. But you proceed through this amazing, just absolutely, the art in this entire update is just, oh, I can't get over it. Like the art team did such a fantastic job in all this. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, you fight, uh, obviously, some clan folks. You fight some uh, sirens. But one of the most magical moments ever is when you drop into this big pool of water and you swim to the surface and there is the Flying Dutchman. One of the most beautifully designed ships that Disney did. One of the most beautifully designed ships that Sea of Thieves did pulling it from Disney. And you get to board it. You get to board her. You get to get on the Flying Dutchman. All the cannons, well, most of the cannons are usable. You can explore the ship. Um, again, there's journals, but in order to progress the tall tale, you actually have to play Davy Jones's organ. And it's a fully functional organ where you can use your controller or your keyboard and move around and play songs on the organ. Don't just stick to what the notes on the page is, which is the Song of Sorrow, um, the popular music box sound, uh, uh, sound from uh, Davy Jones's music box. That's what progresses the tall tale, but you can play Metallica if you know if you know the notes and you know the keyboard. It's I've seen so many cool videos of people just playing different things on that organ. It's absolutely beautiful and the music on this tall tale is above all else absolutely phenomenal as the the Song of Sorrow, the Davy Jones theme from Pirates of the Caribbean is played in different uh in different moments, sometimes somber and sad. Sometimes, you know, as a background um, theme in a, in a battle music, it's absolutely fantastic. They did a great job. And from the Flying Dutchman, you have to defend uh, yourself against a whole bunch of crustaceans and sirens uh, in order to progress once you played the organ. And once you battle your way um, from the Flying Dutchman, again, using its cannons, um, using whatever ammunitions you have, your sword, whatever, from the borders, uh, a giant door behind you opens and you can proceed uh, in this tall tale in which you come up upon something. And this was the jaw dropping, eye popping moment of the entire tall tale series for me. You approach a room and as you approach a box pops up upon the bottom and a female voice begins to speak and you look and it is Wanda. 
Wanda the Warsmith, the loyal Warsmith of Flameheart, the lady who gave us cursed cannonballs, who who got cursed, who became the mysterious uh, mysterious stranger, the mass stranger at Reaper's hideout for a while, and someone who we haven't seen since the Heart of Fire. Well, she's here. And you run down this hallway and you find yourself creeping in and spying on the bre- the dark brethren court. And you start to look at who's in attendance. <clears throat> of course, Davy Jones is your main leader of the dark brethren. You have Wanda who's sitting there. Her mask is on the table and she does turn towards you a few times. And you can see the amazing art done with her skeletal, skeletal form. But a few, two other faces that you may not have expected to be there, our beloved drunk Duke is actually there helping Mr. Davy Jones. So all you folks out there who were destroying all those mermaid statues uh, for Duke over the time, well, guess what? You just helped uh, in this storyline of the Dark Brethren. Duke is there, loyal to Davy Jones, and the person who I've killed more times than I can count. The Gold Hoarder is back. Mike Chapman told us the Gold Hoarder would be back, and he is back. Now, he doesn't look as clean and nice as he was in Shores of Gold. He is kind of more, I guess, brittle, decrepit, and covered in coral. Um, He's one of kind of the fluorescent coral creatures now, but the face is still there with the golden jaw. The Gold Hoarder is, in fact, back. So the four of them are sitting around a table discussing the plans to conquer the Sea of Thieves and defeat the Ferryman and put Davy Jones in charge of the Ferry of the Damned, of which he said, unless a pirate swears to be loyal to the Dark Brethren, he would not allow them to return to the Land of the Living. So yet again, Davy Jones not fulfilling his duty as a Ferryman um, going against that like he did in the Pirates of the Caribbean. So it kind of ties that together nicely. Uh, and it is ended with uh, the Gold Hoarder throwing down a smoke bomb and all of them disappearing as he says, let the ritual begin. Um, and they disappear and you can explore the room. And what you'll find is a lot of cool stuff. You will find the dead man's chest, Davy Jones's chest that he keeps his heart in, locked in a mysterious key somewhere. You will also find the gift that Davy Jones has persuaded the Gold Hoarder with in order to have the Gold Hoarder join his cause, and that is the the uh, the case or the chest of Cortez from the first Pirates movie, full of the 800 and some odd pieces of gold, the cursed gold, uh, which the Gold Hoarder is obviously very familiar with curses, uh, especially the curse of greed. You can see the chest there. You can take pictures and you can zoom in and see all the, the, the art on that is perfect. Well done. Perfect. Um, just like the movies. Um, and then there's a puzzle. And if you have been doing, um, looking around and finding the different things on the way through, you will find that there are a series of mermaid murals that you have to flip three level, three levers per room. I think there's five total, um, uh, murals and there each mural is unlocked by three lever levers. Once you get so far, you won't be able to go back. So you'd have to restart, but they tell you, if you remember the order of which you see them, they tell you the order of these turn blocks that you have to set. If you set them properly, a door opens, and of course, Davy Jones's key is in there to open 
the dead man's chest. You can open the chest and inside is a piece of paper that you can read, which is addressed to Davy Jones and tells him he needs to begin the ritual of taking over the Sea of Thieves, whatever this ritual may be, taking over the Sea of Thieves. And once his mission is complete, the captain will come. Now, again, we've heard this name, the captain, before, many times before, both in the lore books and the game. The captain is uh, is is referred to as the person um, that that Flameheart Jr. talks about. Um, a lot of people thought it was Flameheart himself, um, but it appears that it is not Flameheart because that 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 was put to bed because they talked about Flameheart's failure in the Sea of Thieves, and the captain is not at in the Sea of Thieves yet will be coming. The other thing is I mentioned the Grand Maritime Union earlier and what's really interesting about this is Davy Jones mentions to Wanda that he is being controlled and the people controlling him control his heart and they are not in the Sea of Thieves and what we remember in the movies, the East India Trading Company or West India, uh, East India Trading Company, who is the equivalent of the Grand Maritime Union of Sea of Thieves they controlled his heart. Cutler Beckett had the heart and controlled him. Now it appears that someone else has the heart and the captain is the leader. So could the captain be the leader of the Grand Maritime Union and is using Davy Jones like Cutler Beckett used him in the Pirates movie? So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but we do get now a little message, a little, you know, maybe foreshadowing that a new threat is on the way to the Sea of Thieves and it is the captain. Don't know anymore, but it's the captain. Uh, so you proceed uh, through the tall tale a little bit further, and you find yourself in a giant room in the final battle. In, a, in the far side, you have uh, Davy Jones and the Gold Hoarder under a giant yellow bubble. Davy Jones harnessing the power of the treasure that Jack stole from him. And you begin to be attacked by a whole bunch of crustaceans, and you're fighting them, and then Jack in classic Jack fashion, slams through with a boat, which was a really cool little scene to see him slam through. And, and him and Davy Jones just traded words. The voice acting, I, I love the voice acting and the art. It's absolutely fantastic. They did a great job. And that battle ends with you having to defeat the Gold Hoarder one more time. You've already had to defeat him five times for the Shores of Gold commendation. Well, you get to defeat him once more. He doesn't drop a skull this time, as I don't think he's actually dead again. Um, but uh, Davy Jones gets away, um, and then you, um, proceed to leave the, uh, the, the instance. Now, what's really funny in this is, is throughout the battle, Jack will drop things for you to use, uh, such as cannons. He'll drop supply crates and stuff like that. I actually found a fish in one of these supply crates that I picked up and I protected through the entire final battle to get back to my ship and sail to a, a, uh, um, a, a sea post to sell it because I needed one of those fish. So for, for the, the moment I talked about at the beginning of the podcast about me not liking to fish and getting mine from barrels and stuff, there's proof. And it's on my video playthrough. I got that fish from a supply crate that Jack dropped and I protected that thing all the way until the end where I sold it at a sea post. So there you go. That's how much I hate fishing in this game that I will use one of my precious food slots just to protect an uncooked fish. Wasn't even a rare one either. So you finish up Tall Tale um, Four, and you leave the um, the Crystal Fort or the the Coral Fortress with Jack. 
Um, just keep in mind that Tall Tale 2, 3, 2, 2, 4, and 5 do take place in the actual Sea of Thieves area. And thus, PvP is definitely um, uh, uh, present. I uh, I actually had some time. I didn't have my sound on or anything because I was I was uh, working on editing. And I went to, to do some of the accommodations in Tall Tale 4. And I, I sailed up and I, I was, to be honest, AFK, I was turned to one side doing an editing and all of a sudden I looked back and my guy was turning into a ghost. Well, someone came up from nowhere and decided to kill me while I was getting ready to start Tall Tale 4 in the Crystal Fortress, so or the, the Coral Fortress. So definitely watch yourself. Uh, it can be PvP there, uh, so just be aware of that. Um, I'm I'm usually always ready for PvP, but like I said, I was just doing edits and didn't really care about it to be honest because i i just need the accommodations i wasn't trying to get through it wasn't trying to interrupt anyone else i was just afk uh standing there while i was trying to finish an edit of a video to get it up on youtube so just be aware pvp happens uh definitely happens so that was a nice attempt i thought of sea of thieves and rare trying to tie together the disney aspect with the sea of thieves aspect um, again, I, I don't know. I, I mean, for what they did, I thought they tied it together, but it, again, you could replace all those Disney characters and it, and it would have, and it would have been the same. So I, it still felt very, it, it still felt very, I don't know, uh, disjointed to me. It felt very forced. Like we're trying to force the story in there. Like it didn't flow naturally to me. It was fun. It was beautiful. I loved seeing and hearing, um, and, and experiencing this, but it just felt forced. Like, uh, we've got this Disney thing and we got to force it in there. Like we got to make this put together because if not, people are going to be pissed off and let's just force it in there. And it, it just didn't, it wasn't, it didn't feel connected enough for me. Like I wasn't invested enough in the crossover at that point. Um, you know, I had a Disney tall tale. I had two pretty much see a thieves tall tales. And now I've got this kind of crossover tall tale trying to bring it together. And it, I don't know, it just felt forced. And like I said, you could replace all the Disney characters with just new pirates. Call them, you know, we'll use my pirate's name. Pirate Ivar Blood. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, and you, you could have you just named them different pirates and the story would have played out fine. I don't know. It just felt forced. Uh, forcing all those Disney things like the chest of Cortez in there, the dead man's chest. It just felt forced. And Tall Tale 5 to me also felt even more forced. Um uh, to, to try to, again, wrap this five uh, Tall Tale series up. And again, just it just felt forced to me. I, I get it, the threat. I get the story they're trying to tell. But overall, it, it just felt really forced to me. I enjoyed playing it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed playing it. I loved the art. And, and aside from the bugs that they, they seem to have resolved, I know they have a few more things for a maintenance coming up that they're going to address. But... It was, it was pretty, it was pretty. The music was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, and I enjoyed the Easter eggs and stuff like that. I don't know. Just the, the crossover just felt forced. Uh, it, it just, I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was like, Oh, the, the pirates of the Caribbean are here. Oh, now we're doing this. Oh, Oh, this, uh, I don't know. It just felt forced, uh, and disjointed. So we get to Tall Tale 5, and this is the epic finale, and I expected it to be epic, and it was that indeed. Um, this particular fight can take place in different parts of the Sea of Thieves off to the sides. Um, I've done it once in the um, over by Mermaid's Hideaway. I've also done it up in the wild, so it can take place in different parts. 
Um, but Jack is there at the uh, outpost along with his crew um, and the now revealed Calypso, who has a couple uh, uh, costume changes um, in this and, and reveals herself as, as Calypso in Tall Tale 4 and again in Tall Tale 5. And it basically comes down to we know where Davy Jones is and it's time to confront him. So Jack and you load up the ship, get on the get on your ship and sail um, uh, following the compass. Um, and what will happen is a giant spire will come out of the water, and a giant Davy Jones cloud above it. Uh, and it's a giant naval battle to start off with where ghost ships, not quite flame art ships. They still only take three shots. Uh, they have different ammunitions. They're just shooting shooting cannonballs at you. Uh, but they are man of wars, which means they have a lot more cannons, so they are going to pelt you a lot more. Uh, you have Davy Jones up there um, in the sky, uh, in the cloud, and it's basically like a Flameheart event. You, you kill the ships, uh, and then you start to get another interesting thing, which are giant mermaid statues with basically an orb of what is uh, what used to be the Red Sea around them that, you know, damage can happen. If you're sailing through it and you've got to take down these mermaid statues in order to kick it into the, um, into the next, uh, next phase. Now at this point, Jack will jump off your ship and the pearl will rise from the depths. And then you get to fight alongside the black pearl fighting more of these ships and fighting the, and blowing up the giant, uh, mermaid statues, which the animation for the mermaid statue crumble is absolutely amazing. Just, just awesome. And then the moment that I'll tell you what is just an emotional moment as a fan of sea of thieves. And as, as, as someone who absolutely loves this game, the, the words we shall sail together, whenever those words are stated rare, I feel is very protective of that line um, and only uses it in very impactful moments. And this was one of them. Jack says it. And then all of a sudden, the captains of the dam come out of anywhere. You have the morning star coming out of the water. You've got the wild rose coming out of the water and you have the black witch coming out of the water with this amazing speech by Pandragon where he says, we shall sail together. And it's absolutely beautiful. And, it, and honestly, I, I'm getting emotional and getting goosebumps right now because it was absolutely an incredible cinematic moment. That wasn't even a cinematic at all. It was just part of the game and that we shall sail together in the music hit. And you, you are sailing with a fleet of famous pirate captains from the sea of thieves path. And you've got the black Pearl and Jack Sparrow and you're just kicking ass, man. And it's just absolutely amazing. And then all of a sudden the skies open up and instead of red lightning, we've got red lightning and white lightning. And you have this beautiful moment between Calypso and Davy Jones. And she's trying to convince him to, to come back to her, even though you know how she is and you know how he is. And, He's basically like, no, like, no, you screwed me over. This is, th this is me now. I am a monster. Just like you are a monster. Let's have at it. And she uses her lightning to blow a hole in the spire and allow you to get in. And so you sail over to the spire while the, while the black witch and the, the rose and the morning star and the, and the freaking black pearl are battling it out. And you can, as you're climbing the spire, you can look out over the side and just see this naval battle of epic proportions going on outside. It just it made you feel like you were in a freaking movie. 
not a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, not a Sea of Thieves movie, just like a just amazing Pirates movie. It just felt so epic and like the adrenaline was pumping and you climb this spire and you get to the top and who is there waiting for you but Cutler freaking Beckett. And he, and, and you're, cause on your way up, you're reading these journals about different crew members who crossed Jones ultimately, and are now, um, uh, basically believing in his idea that he is right. And he is, is the true freedom that we need in the seas, right? Choosing to serve a, aboard this amazing vessel of the Dutchman. And it's this completely different perspective of following the dark brethren is the freedom to be the pirate they want but they're really giving up their freedom to become that pirate. It's really an interesting, like psychological battle that you can kind of read in these journals. And it's really cool. And then you get to talk to Beckett and, and, and you get to learn a little bit about him um, and, and him uh, with Jones. And right there is the dead man's chest yet again, um, sitting there for you been moved from the old, um, from the old hideout to the new hideout here. And you go through a nice long battle with some phantom pirates and the last pirate will drop the key and you open the key and what is inside Calypso tells you that inside of the key is the key is, is inside of the chest is the key to Davy Jones and you open it up and it's the locket. It's Davy Jones's locket, the Calypso music box locket. So in fact, the key to defeating Davy Jones is the love that he has for the sea and the love he has for Calypso. And she begins this lightning storm of epic proportion to destroy the spire and destroy the, 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 the music, the, the, the music box pendant thing. Absolutely. Just amazing. Stay there. All the lightning coming down. And of course you've got Cutler Beckett who has his final line before, before you go is it's just good business which I absolutely loved. It was kind of, again, Cutler Beckett was unexpected. It was cool that he was there. He didn't really, in my mind, you know, push a story anywhere in there. He just kind of recapped his encounter with Jones and, and that entire situation before his death. But like, it, it just, again, it was another one of those, let's force this in here is what it felt like, but it was still kind of cool. And I love the, it's just good business line. So that was kind of cool. And you leap off the spire and back on your ship and you rejoin the uh, the the Morning Star, the Wild Rose, um, the uh, uh, the Black Witch, and the uh, the Black Pearl, and you begin to sail around. And then Davy Jones is all pissed off and says, "The Flying Dutchman is a powerful ship, and his captain is still alive." And out of the water comes the Flying Dutchman, and you, along with the captains of the dam, have to defeat him in a naval battle. Again, it's still very much a circular naval battle like the Flameheart events, but the music and the lightning and all the cannon fire everywhere just makes it absolutely glorious. And you sink Davy Jones. Again, he's not gone. There's no way. He's not gone. The spire then sinks beneath the waves and the, and the sky's clear and it's no longer dark and dreary. And then the next moment, where you start to think about getting teary-eyed happens as the Black Pearl rises from the water yet again, and you can sail up to her, and you can board her. You can get on the Black Pearl. You can use her cannons. You can take pictures at the wheel, although you can't turn her. And Jack talks about, um, you know, that that 
he's excited about this new adventure in the Sea of Thieves, but he's quickly reminded that the treasure, he made a promise to her. Now, you never know who her is, but apparently he has made a promise to her. And, uh, and this promise is very important. And uh, the ferryman steps through the door, which is really cool. This is the first time ever you actually get to see the ferryman walking. He's not floating. He's actually walking. Um, he returns the treasure to Jack um, because he now says that Davy Jones is his prisoner. So we know that Davy Jones is not completely gone, but he is now imprisoned on the ferry of the damned and being watched over by the ferryman. The ferryman takes his wonderful sword back, which I have, by the way, takes his wonderful sword back and says, because of how the captains of the dam fought so bravely to save the Sea of Thieves, he would return them to life. Now, when he does this, Jack Sparrow becomes human again, is no longer a ghost. Rose and George become human again, no longer ghost. Pendragon remains a ghost, and so does the captain of the Morning Star. I believe his name is Slate. Now, Jack and Gibbs are there, and they both say that they need to sail off. Obviously, they've got uh, um, this promise that they made to her with this treasure, and it is beyond the horizon. Beyond the horizon. And again, that is a theme that has always been part of Sea of Thieves is, is what's beyond the horizon, right? Finding the new adventure beyond the horizon. Uh, and the, the you know Jack explains that it's time for us to go, um, so we can leave the ship. We leave the ship and, uh, Rose and George, why they're still together. Rose does not have her pendant anymore. It's, it's clearly not there. Jack doesn't have the pendant anymore. It's not on him. George is still dumbly loyal to Rose, even though what she did, what a bitch. I'm still pissed off about that. Pendragon and Slate decide that, you know, they are there. Their job is their, their ending, or I guess their purgatory or their job is to protect the sea of thieves. So they are staying at the Sea of Thieves. Rose and George join Jack Sparrow's crew, which again, if I was George, I'd just chuck the bitch overboard, but that's just me. You don't, you, you're, be loyal. Be, that's a problem with society nowadays, not being loyal to your, to your partner. Just be loyal, right? Be loyal. And uh, Jack sets sail and a beautiful moment happens. And, 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 and gorgeous Disney magic, just like when the, uh, the Cinderella's castle, um, at the, the, the theme park is dark at night before the, the, the light show and Tinkerbell comes in and touches it and the glitter and the Disney magic goes down over the entire castle and turns it beautiful gold. And eventually the colors, um, that the castle actually is the black pearl now a solid ship again that magical fairy dust starts to go over the entire ship and turn it a beautiful gold with a fairy dust trail at the back, a large uh, golden portal opens and the black Pearl along with Rose, the crew of the black Pearl Rose, George and Jack sail off and through the portal and on to the next adventure that they're going to have. Jack does say he will be returning. So obviously there is definitely um, openings uh, for additional, um, moments with Jack and the pirates of the Caribbean in the future. Again, with sea of thieves, a lot of things are left open for a very long time. So it could be years before we see the next installment of this. Who knows? Who knows? Um, who, who knows what's going to happen? But, uh, I was, I was actually kind of terrified, <clears throat> terrified to be honest, because <clears throat> I saw someone's tweet 
that they wanted a crossover between Captain Hook, Peter Pan, and Sea of Thieves, and I was terrified because the pixie dust used to turn the castle gold is now looks like it's being used to turn the Black Pearl gold, and all that I could imagine is the Black Pearl leaves and a freaking pirate ship. Red pirate ship comes down out of the sky and lands and says, Bring me Peter Pan! I was terrified that that was going to happen. Thank God it didn't, or I would probably have flipped my desk. Um, but... Uh, there's definitely, obviously, room um, for other Disney IPs to come into the Sea of Thieves um, at this point. Um, and, and I don't think this is the last we're going to see of Captain Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean crew. Um, but overall, uh, I know this episode has gone a little long, and I apologize for that. But overall, I thought Rare did the best that they could. Um, I still feel that the overall um, Pirates of the Caribbean crossover was very disjointed. I feel like it was unconnected. I felt like it was very forced. Um, but with that being said, um, it was it was done well. Um, the colors were beautiful. The cinematics were amazing. The integration of the movies, the ride, and Sea of Thieves all together was actually kind of cool to experience. It was definitely something that if you're a fan of this game, you should experience. If you're a fan of Disney, you should experience. If you're a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean, you should experience it. Um, a lot of great lines, voice lines, a lot of great Easter eggs, uh, a lot of great opportunities for screenshots and, and stuff like that. Lots of emotion was put into this. Um, but again, you could replace all of the Disney IP with just characters, um, just made up pirate characters and, and the story would be the same. So as a true crossover, I, I obviously it happened, um, but it could have been done in my opinion, a little more connected, a little more fluid. Uh, instead of Sea of Thieves, Tall Tale, Sea of Thieves, Tall Tale, Disney Tall Tale, try to force them together in the last two uh, to make a cohesive story. I, I think they could have done a better job at that. But overall, this this update is, has been very successful. We saw a lot of new players on the seas. I hope they stick around. And now that this big update is out of the way, I hope Rare can now focus on what really needs to be done, which is player retention fixing bugs and exploits and really polishing the game um, to where it needs to be. Um, so that was my thoughts guys on the tall tales. Again, I apologize for the little longer episode. I, I appreciate all those who stuck around. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like subscribe notification bell, all that stuff. If you're on the podcasting app, come over and check us out on YouTube. I've got more than just this podcast on my YouTube channel, Davram TV on YouTube. If you would like to support this broadcast or the content that I do, check out the show notes, and there are multiple ways to support this broadcast directly. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope everyone is enjoying Sea of Thieves. I hope everyone is enjoying the Pirates of the Caribbean in Sea of Thieves. Take care of yourselves, guys, and each other, and I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.